Welcome to From Realms of Glory, a Christmas audio series tracing promises about the coming of the Messiah until his arrival in Bethlehem of Judea. I'm Dr. J.J. Routley, professor of Bible and theology at Emmaus Bible College in Dubuque, Iowa. It's December 19th, and today we're taking a look at the announcement of Jesus' birth to Joseph of Nazareth. The announcement to Mary takes place in chapter 1 of Luke's Gospel, and chronologically would have preceded the announcement to Joseph, which comes in Matthew's Gospel. Before Mary conceived the baby Jesus in her womb, Gabriel predicted that she would become pregnant and bear a son and was to call his name Jesus. Several months would have gone by before Mary began to show signs of pregnancy, but eventually it would have led to quite the scandal in Nazareth once rumors of Mary's unfaithfulness to her husband-to-be started circulating. And this is where the story picks up in Matthew's account. So we're reading from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. The marriage process in Israel at this time was a little bit different than in our Western world today. First, there was the period of the betrothal. Bible scholar Craig Blomberg says, Betrothal was a binding contract, but the marriage was not consummated until after the wedding, often a year or more later. Young Jewish women frequently married in their early teens to men several years older than them. We have no reason to suspect Mary and Joseph were any different. So, Mary and Joseph were engaged to be married, legally bound to one another, yet not living together as husband and wife the way we think of it today. That stage of the marriage, the second later stage, had not yet begun. But for Joseph to break the betrothal would have required a legal divorce, which he was going to seek quietly. He was said to be a just man, a righteous man here. Joseph did not want to publicly shame Mary for what he considered to be her infidelity. He knew that would essentially mark her for life as an adulteress. Instead, he wanted to quietly put her away without making a spectacle of the divorce. This was Joseph's solution to the problem of pregnant Mary when the Lord miraculously intervened through an angel in a dream. The angel of unknown name here first addressed Joseph's concerns about the pregnancy. He tells Joseph not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife revealing that the pregnancy is not due to infidelity or unfaithfulness, but actually resulted from the work of the Holy Spirit in Mary's life. His name would be called Jesus, and the reason given here was that he would save his people from their sins. Again, the name Jesus means the Lord is salvation, and is the perfect name for Jesus, who has not only come to earth from God in heaven, but is actually himself 
the Lord. Jesus is the salvation of the Lord manifested in human form. We noticed yesterday how wonderfully infused Luke's account of Gabriel's words for Mary were with Old Testament prophecy, and we see the same in Matthew's account here today. Matthew breaks from the narrative to tell us that all of this, namely the conception of Jesus within Mary prior to her marriage to Joseph, all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Now, we looked at Isaiah 7.14 earlier in our series. At that time, we noted that the child predicted, while potentially partially referencing a child born perhaps in the 8th century B.C., was ultimately looking at the virgin birth of Christ through Mary. Behold, Isaiah said, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Matthew adds the footnote here, which means God with us. Emmanuel means God is with us. After this incredible vision, Joseph woke from his sleep and obeyed the command of the angel. He took Mary as his wife, but did not consummate the marriage until after the birth of her baby. And in obedience to the Lord, Joseph named the baby Jesus. We noted yesterday that God chose a young girl from an unknown and insignificant town of Galilee, and today we could say the same of Joseph. Although he is from the line of David and Judah, Joseph is living in obscurity in Nazareth, essentially a nobody in the eyes of the world. We can learn from these accounts that no one is insignificant to God. No one is unimportant. Each of us are of infinite value and worth. And God ultimately demonstrated how much he loves each of us through the incarnation of his son into the world and his sacrificial death on the cross. The Apostle John says it this way in John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Thank you for joining us for this episode of From Realms of Glory, a Christmas podcast. For more information about Emmaus Bible College, please visit Emmaus.edu. Don't forget to leave us a strong review wherever you listen to podcasts and share the podcast with friends and family members. Tomorrow, we finally arrive at Luke's account of the birth of Christ in Bethlehem.